Since we're just not aware that we have so many processes in your heart uh, alone for big forgiveness, right? We have uh, access to published books such as Radical Forgiveness. Many of us have studied techniques such as Ho'oponopono, which is a, from the Hawaiian kahunas, a process of taking full responsibility, you know, for for the foibles in our life, for our mistakes. Byron Katie's work, called the work that you can find in books and in her seminars and such, powerful for for the work of forgiveness. And with the quantum living process, it's formally called the cube process, you might be aware of, also provides a daily worksheet for reflection on, on paying attention to you know, where am I harboring thoughts of separation or where have I harbored um, unkind thoughts to put somebody out of my kingdom, so to speak. So all of these processes really are very familiar. They go back to the classics in Unity teachings. In the year 1951, James Dillard Freeman included in one of his books an, a, what was called a tract, a Unity tract. It was a, a small booklet that had to do with forgiveness. I'd like to read some of it, and I'm actually going to read it, sort of translating it or, or you know, using a language for the 21st century, uh, just to make it clear and simple. It says, here is a mental treatment that is guaranteed to cure every ill. <laughs> every ill. Here's the simplicity of it. Sit for a half hour every night and mentally forgive everyone against you, uh, against you, right? Anyone that you have had any ill will about or any antipathy towards. If you fear or if you are prejudiced against someone, even an animal, it says, mentally ask forgiveness of it and send it thoughts of love. If you've accused anyone of injustice, if you've discussed anyone unkindly, if you've criticized or gossiped about anyone, withdrew your words by asking, you know, asking him, pull it back, ask in the signs for forgiveness. If you had a falling out with friends or relatives or if you had sued somebody, if you're engaged in any contention with anyone else, do everything in your power to end the separation. Come to see all things and all persons as they really are, pure spirit, and send them your strongest thoughts of love. Do not go to bed any night feeling that you have an enemy in the world. This is a tall order, isn't it? And I'm cringing a little bit at my own knowledge of my own thought processes, um, even from just today. Uh, but let's just further go into this because the message continues. There is an immutable law underlying this healing method. God is love, and love is manifest as life. God is therefore manifest in and through all creation. If we do anything to cut off the love of any person, we are cutting off the love of God. Therefore, we're cutting off the life that flows through all. Listen to this. When we, by withdrawing from others, uh, 
in any way cut the cords of love that bind us together, we at the same time sever the arteries and veins through which the universal life flows. And then we find ourselves mere bundles of strained nerves, trembling and shaking with fear and weakness, and shriveling for the lack of divine love. But omnipresent spirit is an ever-flowing abundance of power and principle within our own nature that we can claim and quicken and develop. So we're not helpless against the onslaught of our perfectly human thoughts and feelings. It's just that we have a spiritual tool by which we can enter into forgiveness. So I want to talk a little bit more about what forgiveness is and how it's, you know, there's so much cliche about it. And I want to kind of get right to the point of some ways that we could contemplate what forgiveness is and how we might use the principles. So there's other words I like to use besides forgiveness, right? Because the word forgiveness comes loaded with thoughts that we have to let somebody off the hook or, you know, that that we're doing something to someone else, right? When I say I forgive you, it implies that this is about you and me, <laughs> right? It's about me and you. You did something, and so now I have to forgive you, right? Or even just the opposite, go the other way. But forgiveness is about me and the you that I have created in my own mind. It's you, it's a figment of you that I'm in contention with and have issue with. So it's always about me and me. It's about me and my mind, my thoughts, my behaviors, you see. And so one of the words I really like to use for forgiveness instead of forgiveness is untangling. Untangling. Now, I got this word untangling from uh, an Aramaic scholar, Neil Douglas Klotz. He writes the Aramaic language translation into English of Scripture. And he connected the word untangling with the word repentance, which, of course, has to do with forgiveness processes. So let me explain what what he taught about this that I think is so relevant. We think of relationships as a bond, right? I mean, we talk about marriages being hitched, we imply two become one, right? Even when it's not marriage, we think of that relationship where we're bonded together in some way. But love is meant to free. And so what happens is we bind, we bind through the attachment and the cords of connection. And we have threads of unifying love between us. Right? That's all good and natural. But those threads can get knotted and tangled. Knots, in fact, tightened through the years by repeated mistakes and failures, by misapplication of our spiritual powers. You know, when we understand that those knots are just are representative of, of the tensions within, um, the tensions that can play out between me and you, that lead to the need for us to then re-examine and let go of the tension and unravel the tangled knots, you see. 
So there's a couple of knots that come to mind. One is the knot of misperception. And in fact, every time I misperceive, I am misusing my rightful power of faith, my spiritual capacity of faith, because faith is the perceiving power. So misperception says that I have a book of evidence against you. You know, you always procrastinate, and then you fail to follow through on projects around the house. You leave me to pick up the slack. That's what you are, a procrastinator. And that means that you don't care about me. Well, faith says, I know the truth about you. That's what real faith says. The perceiving power. I perceive the truth of your divine nature. And I know because of that that we can work out our differences. Because we trust, which is the power of faith. I trust the truth about you and about me. So we can, we can repair, we can, we can unravel the misperception and we can come back to our rightful power of faith. Does this make sense? Another knot is a knot of misjudgment. And to me, that's misusing our rightful power of wisdom because judgment is one of the features or aspects of divine wisdom. So this shows up, of course, in relationship as judging your motives negatively, right? You become suspicious-minded about why you did what you did. I know why you didn't show up for our scheduled lunch. You always disrespect me in our relationship. Well, maybe it turns out that you had to respond to a family emergency, and you couldn't call because you were on the phone with an emergency responder. Have you ever had that sort of misjudgment? And another knot, a third knot that comes to mind is miscommunication. And again, this is misusing the power of understanding. And my husband and I have encountered all of these different misses in relationship, right? We've encountered misperception, misjudgment, miscommunication. You know, this showed up, and I won't tell you who said what, but I will say that one of us said, but you said you didn't have a preference for where we would dine out or or what we would do on our date night out, right? Well, you asked me when I was in the middle of something else and I was distracted. It would really help if you would just ask, is this a good time to check in about our plans? Understanding says, I listen in order to learn and comprehend. I seek insight. So these are just some insights that I've had about the kind of tangled knots that we can get into. And over time, in relationship especially, these can build, right? Because small moments of misjudgment or miscommunication or misperception can grow to where we do have a book of evidence um, and we do start to label someone else and we do start to sort of cement an idea about another person. And all of these you know those thoughts refers to as knots or tangles. So forgiveness is a process of untangling that. It's about about reclaiming our rightful power, right? Our rightful power of faith, our rightful power of wisdom, our rightful power of power, for example. So forgiveness is my untangling of those inner threads that have over time tightened into thick knots. And that's why Forgiveness sometimes can take a long stretch of time, right? It's one thread at a time. 
it took me and my dad nine years to untangle the the it upset in our family when Giles and I married, and my father disowned me because Giles is of African descent. It took nine years, and my work in meditation day by day was to continue to untangle the cords of my own judgment, misjudgment, any any judgment, any judgmentalness against it, any condemnation. Ultimately, is misjudgment. I had to untangle my misjudgments and stop making him the blame for for the challenge. Even though, man, I was right. I was right, and he was wrong. All of that work that I did day after day after day was to disabuse myself of the false idea of a right and a wrong partner in our relationship, and me keeping my heart open to. And, and experiencing the freedom of oneness with my brother long before he came back into my life. It was the greatest spiritual work of my life, and it was a continuous untangling of the knots of discord in my own mind, in my own heart. Well, there's another way also to look at, at uh, Forgiveness, and it goes back to the similar word, the word that untangling means, which is repentance. Repentance in spiritual language is turning around. Repentance is part one of the capacities of our power of elimination or release. It's one of our twelve powers. So repent is to turn. It's to return. And this this is a tremendous power that we have. We can return to love. We can return to our great power of magnetism, harmony, and unity. And you know, return to a unified understanding. To see no other. Right? To see no other. To demand that of ourselves. Love sees oneness and it acts as compassion and kindness. Love says it doesn't matter what you have done or what I have imagined that you have done. It doesn't matter. Why doesn't it matter? Because I know the truth about you and about me. If I could imagine that you have harmed me in any way, it's possible to imagine it because it's possible for me also to harm. I have to agree with that. I have to come to know that you and I are one. I had to know with my dad when he when he disowned me that really there was a there was a crying child inside of him that was longing to be loved. But that's what was really going on. He was afraid because he didn't understand. And I came to see that the love that, that he was longing for is the same love I was longing for, that we were no different. That was the key for me to healing, to forgiving, to opening my heart again. When I return to love, when I repent and I come back around to love, I really see you and I see myself truly. In the state of love, now I have an open heart. No condemnation, no knots. Like, think about knots in the stomach, right? They're gone. When I 
rectify my beliefs and my judgments and I can return to love. When I do that, there are no more nights. Simply the purity of love that now can take action. Right? Because now I can act in compassionate and kind ways. Now I can you know, speak the truth. I can have the clarity of truth without condemnation. And then this is a talent. This is a skill to build. Myrtle Fillmore, um, you can read about this in her book, How to Let God Help You. Let me read to you what Myrtle said about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not silent consent, the negative appearance of making the best of a situation while underneath there is resentment. No. Forgiveness is the art of putting something else in place of the thing forgiven. You put the positive realization of the truth of being in place of the appearance of negation and adversity, which your senses and your intellectual training will report. It does not matter if there is no immediate transformation. You have made use of your God power to erase the appearance from, you know, from your own mind and to establish truth. Such an attitude invites only the best from other souls. This is the wisdom of the Fillmore's at work. And this is really it, isn't it? It's hard for us. I'll tell you what, it's hard for me when I feel that I have been wrong. It's hard for me to let go of condemnation. Why? Because, darn it, I'm right. <laughs> because, right? Because I'm right and you're wrong. And because it feels almost in my mind like I'm letting you off the hook if I really enter into oneness with you, if I see your innocence. But friends, it's the only, it's the only way, it's the only, it's the only way, it's the only way. So, may you be blessed. May this message touch some of the spot in your own life. May there be an awareness for you of, you know, just gently returning someone to the kindness of your own mind and heart today. May you just indulge in forgiveness. Be well and very well. And thank you again for the great gift of being able to share this message with you.